probably assisted, I would say, in the region of 150 applicants over that period of time. Good day to you, Fathom listeners. It's Chris Ranford here, Fathom Podcast co-host, and welcome to another Flash episode. Just as a quick reminder, the idea of these shorter reaction episodes is to respond to any relevant news within the industry and also take suggestions from you, our listeners. So don't forget to reach out and tell us what you want us to go in and explore through the Fathom podcast. So a good example of this is when some of our younger fishermen recently showed interest in a published Marine Scotland blog post, which set out the details of a new grant support scheme to help young fishermen purchase secondhand vessels. So we decided to reach out and get in contact with Duncan McInnes from the Western Isles Fishermen's Association. And Duncan is the driving force behind this initiative. And we really welcome him coming onto the podcast, first time guest and sharing his views and experience on how they are supporting young fishermen throughout the early part of their career. And also stay tuned because I catch up with CFPO Youth Board member Joel Dunn as an outro just to capture his thoughts and views on how this could be applicable to other parts of the UK. So let's get into it. Over to Duncan. Okay, Duncan, so before we get into any specific details of the Marine Scotland blog post, the announcement around this new grant scheme to help young fishermen purchase secondhand vessels, let's just go back in time a little bit. There's been a history of support for young fishermen in your region. So if we can just kick off with that, a bit of a timeline about how, we, how we've arrived at this point today. Yeah, you know, with regards to the first-time buyer scheme, like every other place you see, there's... Well, we, we were we were fortunate because we've been running a scheme with the local authority and Royal Bank give uh, 50% loan on the boat and license. And then the local authority give a loan at 6%, you see, for not the balance, but up to a maximum of 100,000. So we've been very fortunate in having that scheme. And that's been running probably for the last 20 years. So this has been a huge opportunity, you know, with a grant element for buying the vessel. Now, most other banks in Scotland won't give any loan towards the cost of the licence. And the Royal Bank, with this fisheries investment scheme we've had for some considerable time, it was approved by by the EU, you know, 20 years ago, and we had to get renewal on it every so many years. So probably in that space of time, we've probably assisted, I would say, in the region of 150 applicants over that period of time. Initially, it started as a loan guarantee with uh, the local authority. So they guaranteed a loan with the Royal Bank. So if anything did go wrong, up to 50% guarantee. During the period that we ran the loan guarantee scheme, I would say for maybe 12 years, and during that period of time, the local authority only had to have a drawdown on the loan of £12,000 you know, in 12 years. So from their point of view, it was a good value for public money. That's one of the things that had been discussed with the Scottish government previously was, you know, the government having a loan guarantee scheme, because they do have loan guarantee schemes with other industries. That was the the situation we had in the Western Isles here, but other parts of Scotland weren't so fortunate in having a local authority that was so supportive of the fishing industry. 
That that sounds like a, a necessary but really quite unique situation that you've got there, where you've mm-hmm. got a local authority and a and a willing bank to help yeah. young fishermen progress. Because yeah, like you say, other parts of Scotland even not having that same setup. Certainly in the southwest of England, there's limited options for financing for young fishermen to get on the ladder or progress through to a bigger boat. And yeah, from speaking with some of our young fishermen here in Cornwall, Duncan, uh, grants to buy boats is all well and good. But what about the other big costs? What about quota, licenses? Uh, How are you and your area, your region, how are you working around these other issues as well? What we did manage to do is that a local authority bought some nephrop quota or prawn quota. The main quota species being caught here was nephrops. And the local authority bought quota and it became a community quota scheme, which was swing fenced within two producers' organisations. So it meant that uh, those first-time buyers did not need to buy quota and they leased the community quota. And that worked very, very well. Those that were under 10 coming into the, the scheme, they were getting quota because the under 10s could have access to quota and if they were over 10, you see, they had to be either in a producer's organisation or the non-sector. It meant that those over 10-metre vessels, they leased quota rather than buying it. So, for example, some of those trawlers that we did assist would need probably to lease, say, 70 tonne of quota in a year. If they had to buy that as part of their initial business plan, that would have cost them probably in the region of £50,000, you know, which they'd have to pay back capital and interest on it in a loan. Fortunately, the way the, the leasing operation is for nephrops, it's a high-value species, so the leasing costs are low compared to the value of it. Mm. You know, it's not like whitefish, because you're selling nephrops at probably about ranging, depending on your method of fishing from three and a half thousand pound a ton so you're leasing it at 40 pound a ton whereas you know whitefish the leasing cost in proportion of the value is much much higher than that so there was that unique situation as well on the the nephrop side of things which wouldn't wouldn't work for uh, whitefish yeah that's really encouraging duncan and uh, great again that you've got a local authority that that steps in and finds ways to overcome some of these typical barriers but yeah a community quota scheme something great and uh, a way to really help young people in and up through the ranks the community quota principle works very well you know the our local authority has to be looked at us they've done something similar in in Shetland and Orkney but they've used oil reserve money you know, to buy quota initially. And up in Scotland here, you know, with pelagic quota, it's so expensive they, they couldn't look at it anyway. Nephrops are the only shellfish quota species, you know, that we do have in Scotland. That could change, you know, with brown crab and scallops. So the agreement that was switched with the EU, there will be a total allowable catch set on on those two species. Mm. And there will be a, a distribution between the four UK administrations on the total allowable catch that will come to each region. So what certainly we as a community are totally opposed to value becoming 
attached to any additional species and that the way that any total allowable catches operating in future should not be modelled on the way the quota system is at the moment because it'll further make it more difficult for new entrants, you know, to get access to the industry. Our preferred position in the Western Isles here is that those two species retained, you know, the total allowable catch is retained centrally by government and no value becomes attached to it. We'd see some of the shellfish species and, you know, that there should be some economic linkage, you know, brown crab and scallops in particular and what I'd call non-migratory species, you know, that kind of localised stock that will retain or confined within local areas. And similar we have with nephrops, you know, nephrops burrow into the mud. So there won't be migratory species like the other ones. So I think, you know, that there should be some form of economic linkage to communities that are, are adjacent to those stocks. It, yeah. It's very yeah. difficult to um, get civil servants to accept, you know, some economic linkage to the resource that's there. But I would hope that, you know, common sense will prevail and, and the survival of coastal communities is essential. Yeah, all really valid points, Duncan. And it's good to actually explore this whole issue around creating a, a pathway in for young people into the industry. It was certainly, I came to this conversation mainly looking at this grant scheme that you've just announced in Scotland, but obviously we're taking a much more holistic view and the work that's been done there is great and uh, certainly some good learning from your experience. Just moving on, what is the main driving force behind this? It seems like you've got a lot of energy for this and it's something that's been lasting a while. So Where's this coming from? Is this is this the industry itself? Well, it's all been done through the Fishermen's Association locally here, mm. working in, in partnership with the local authority because the local authority have always had a, a fisheries joint consultative committee probably since the local authority was formed in the mid-70s, very shortly after this local authority and was set up in 75. They recognised the importance of fisheries to the community and they set up a joint fisheries consultative committee. When I was at sea myself, I used to be a member of that committee, and then I came ashore, and I I started running the Fishermen's Association. Then we had a look at how things could be developed further. We also had, in the earlier years, we had local enterprise companies in the, in the early 90s. They've disappeared now, but they were very, very good because there was interest relief grant that was... Uh, given at the time. That's another way, you know, that things could be looked at. But that's when interest rates were high. Interest rates are low at the moment. Mm. And just uh, narrowing down, Duncan, so to this recent announcement from Marine Scotland, this new grant scheme that's part of the current grant programme that's going on there, can we just get into the detail of that a little bit? What's the mechanics behind it? How much is available? What's the interest so far? On the funding side of things, it's it's part of the new entrance scheme or the first-time buyer scheme is part of the overall £14 million money that needs to be spent before uh, the end of March this year. One of the advantages of that is, you know, if you identify a vessel, they can get the money out the door very quickly. The majority of the ones that we have assisted over the years have been, the conditions of that is you're under 40. The grant level is up to 75% for vessels uh, under 16 metres. But I think the important thing 
that is up to, it doesn't mean that you were going to get 75%. You know, the way I view it, if you know if they get 50%, you know, they're doing very well. I don't expect many of them, you know, to get the 75%. In particular, you know, when we're looking at two of the ones that we're looking for are in the region of half a million pounds, you see. You know, the vessels are 250. So I think if if we secure 50% of or even 60% or 250 will do very well. You may get 75% of our lower cost, you know, when a vessel may be 50,000 and you may get a higher percentage rate on a smaller amount. I'm looking at the public portion, the budget that they've got. So it was made very clear to me that it was up to. So, yeah, as you say, Duncan, obviously this, this money's got to be spent out the door by the end of March next year. So it's a relatively short time frame. Uh, just keen to hear what's the interest around your area. What, how many people are going for this? How many people have put in for it already? What's, what do you think the uptake's going to be? Interest in the Outer Hebrides here at the moment is there are seven interested parties, you know, that are looking at, you know, investing through the first-time vessel schemes. Two of those are in multi-purpose vessels. So we as a, a grouping have to look at which ones will give maximum benefit and which ones are more difficult to fund. And clearly those multi-purpose ones are more difficult to fund because, you know, smaller projects, we could fund other ways of funding them. And in the rest of Scotland, I hear feedback, you know, on folk that are looking at coming in. One of the biggest challenges that we have is that two of the seven are 39-year-olds which we have to move on quickly. So yeah. first of them will be 40 in October time. So he's one of the multi-purpose vessels. So there's a fair amount of tuning and flowing being done on him. Because like any scheme, it's it's a bit ironic. You know, you have to name your vessel, you know, in the application. But the thing is, when you name a vessel in an application, more than likely it'll be sold by the time the whole process gets done. So one of the things we we worked on with the local authority and the bank is we prepare a business plan for an unspecified vessel up to a certain value. And that gives them the flexibility that they have the money approved. Then the vessel, that's the maximum they can go for the vessel. And they can go downwards of that. And then we adjust the payments. Say it could be they're going for a boat and license at 200,000, for example. And eventually, when they identify a vessel, it may be 180,000. So we'll just we adjust the plan, but they have approval up to 200,000. But certainly, the, the government are wanting to name the vessel. And like anything else, you know, I see this as one of the barriers that. You identify a vessel, and by the time that you know you've been given approval, the vessel's been sold. So, um, yeah, seems yeah. like the, the nature of grant funding and its sort of slow-moving cogs. Yes, civil servants don't don't realise how active and mobile you have to be in the business world to secure. You know, when you're after something similar to a house property, you know, a house goes within a week of coming on the market. Mm. You know, it's under offer. At certain times, the fishing industry will be very similar to the Some types of vessels will take longer to shift. 
Yeah, and I guess, Duncan, is there anything, any unforeseen issues, any unforeseen problems that you've sort of encountered or picked up on? Again, just picking your brains, any lessons learned with this approach, with a grant scheme to help purchase second-hand vessels? I guess you know, there's a huge cost up front, even if you're awarded a grant. How have you worked around things like that in terms of cash flowing these types of projects? Well, we, we did experience a problem, you know, with with the new entrance scheme, and that was uh, that the bank weren't prepared to pledge uh, the money. Mind you, when we were looking at kind of half million pound projects with the value of the boat was 250,000 and the value of the license was 250. So the bank weren't prepared to bridge that money until the money came through from Scottish government. So that meant we had to look at other options. We, we thought the bank would run with it very, very quickly. And particularly, you know, the way they can get a, a mortgage on a vessel. But they weren't prepared to do that because the, the, the conditions of that is, you know, that if you sell your vessel over a, a certain period of time, you know, there's a clawback on the grant. So we're in discussion with the local authority at the moment, the finance department, on whether they'll become a bridging bank from the time that the, the government approve a grant until it's released. So we haven't we haven't managed to sign that off yet. So like every other new scheme, you know, you meet some barriers you have to overcome. Yeah. But I'm pretty mm-hmm. certain we'll overcome it. The money's there to be spent by the end of March. So as part of the outro for this Flash episode, I thought it'd be really good to bring in one of our youth board members, a young fisherman from the Southwest, Joel Dunn. So Joel, having listened to that conversation with Duncan, do you think what he's up to there in his region, is that something that we can transfer and start to put into place in the Southwest? Yeah, definitely work. I mean, giving fishermen help to buy is is only going to help with the natural progression of the industry. Duncan also mentioned uh, another key point, actually, that I'm not sure if it made the final cut, but he said how important it is to make sure uh, we have a diverse fleet. If we don't get in and support that natural progression, like you say, are we at risk of creating a bottleneck? Well, I think if we follow suit like the um, Scottish have done and we get help with quota, um, the current young fishermen that are in you know, in the industry already will uh, help them progress onto you know going over 10 because that's the uh boundary that you like run into so if if there was like help with quota like a pool or something that you could lease from or whatever you know that makes way for the next generation to come up through duncan also said he's got a a strong local authority supporting the fishing industry there obviously you were involved in the in the workshop with the fishing industry and cornwall council last week down in newland clearly it's going to be just more than money we need some sort of political policy support and making this happen as well well you know cornwall's been in the limelight a lot recently you know mainly because of the cornish fishing industry which has probably helped in tourism it'd be nice to see some support back from the council and other authorities really yeah i think that's a really good point is 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 looking beyond just the the value of fish that's landed clearly the cornish fishing industry has a much greater value to the county of cornwall so i think it's good that we highlight that and show that there's a huge amount of benefits that come on the back of the industry like you say tourism and the likes so yeah having some local authority support to keep the industry alive here and keep it progressing 
no doubt going to be really important to supporting that wider economic benefit. So yeah, we need people like yourself to keep you here in the industry and help you progress. But obviously, time's time's ticking as well, isn't it? Do you feel like this is something that's quite urgent for, to get this support for for supporting younger fishermen? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think you probably agree with me. Uh, one of the biggest problems facing the industry at the moment is lack of crew. If there's nothing to aspire to, i.e., becoming uh, a skipper owner of a boat. I think we're in for a big struggle. We need to have a natural progression in the industry. And if if you've not got that, it's it's all a bit stagnant, if you know what I mean. I look forward to uh, you know, seeing what happens and hopefully we do get some funding to try and, you know, bring some more young fishermen into the industry. And I think that's what it needs. Fathom was brought to you by the Cornish Fish Producers Organization with support from Seafarers UK.